0: Welcome to the refreshing word of Calvary Baptist Church, Accra. And now, the message.
1: This is coming to you from Calvary Baptist Church. We call it the refreshing word of God. Because God's word always refreshes us. Calvary is a big family. We have branches all across the city. We are part of the Ghana Baptist Convention, as well as Accra Baptist Association. Join us as we pray. And then... Listen to the word of God. Thank you, dear Jesus, for your goodness to us, for your love for us, for leaving us the Bible that can give us direction and encouragement, healing, and the power to live. May your word instruct us so that we can be your disciples. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I'm glad you are able to join me. This is Pastor Fred Digby or we've been teaching through the book of Luke, and we'll be looking at the subject of prayer. I'll do part one today and do part two, God willing, next week. Prayer. The disciples of Jesus said, teach us to pray. So we take it from Luke chapter 11, but today I just read verse one. He was praying in a certain place, and when he finished One of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John also taught his disciples. Lord, teach us to pray. What a request. Now, this is one of the passages in scripture that deals with the subject of prayer. And it is instructive for us to know that Jesus prayed so many times in his life. This year, as a church, we are embarked on a theme or looking at a theme of discipleship to let us know that it is good to be born again. But when you are born again, you still have a task to perform, or God wants to work in you. So you become like a disciple of Jesus, you learn to be like Him. A disciple is an apprentice, a disciple is somebody learning from the Master. A disciple does not think, oh, I've been enrolled in a school so that I know it. No, if you are if you are a disciple, you have the opportunity to learn to grow, and that was Jesus. He called twelve people to be with him, and these people were always with him, and they saw him pray. Now the Bible records many occasions that Jesus prayed. He prayed. During his baptism, we see that in Luke chapter 3, verse 21. Jesus prayed during his temptation, Luke chapter 5, verse 16. He continued and prayed all night, spent all night in prayer by himself, Luke chapter 6, verse 12. Sometimes he prayed alone, Luke chapter 9, verse 18. He went to the mountain to pray, Luke chapter 9, verse 28. And now he was praying in a certain place. That's what Luke tells us, Luke chapter 11, verse 1. Now, the disciples may have been wondering, what is this? You see, if you watch somebody do something and the person goes on on and on and on, you begin to wonder, why is the person doing it? And in this case, you see Jesus talking, 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 or saying something, You say, what what is all this about? And when you see the person do it frequently, you may think it is important. That's why he's doing it. Or when you see certain results in the person's life, how the person is calm, the signs and wonders that follow, you wonder, "Mm, there must be something in this. There must be something. While Jesus prayed, the disciples watched. They were watching him, Do these things. And so they came back to him. He said, Lord, teach us to pray. Three things may have stirred them up as disciples to, as he says, to teach them to pray. The first one, they saw him praying. He prayed very often. Prayed in season and out of season. And it showed to them that ah, if this man is God and he's praying, who is he praying to? He may be praying to a God. He always insisted that the source of his strength was from God, so he was talking to God. And this aroused the curiosity of his disciples to also be hungry for the same power, for the same connection, for the same relationship with God. That's the first one. He saw Jesus pray. Secondly, Jesus prayed as a son to his father, and that type of intimacy stirred the disciples to want the same relationship with God. It's like taking your child, your daughter, your son, your wife, your husband, and you sit down and you talk. The other day I was talking to a lady. She said, I could sit with my mother and we'll talk for eight hours. we talk, 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 talk. When you ask me the following day, what did we talk about? I'm not sure. I can even tell you in ten minutes what we spoke about the six, seven, eight hours. We just love talking to each other. Yes. Jesus prayed as a Son with the Father. And he seemed to enjoy it. It wasn't a task. So the disciples saw it and said, Lord, whatever it is, teach us to pray. Now the third one, they said teach us to pray just like John had taught his disciples. It was a common practice for a teacher to instruct his disciples to pray a certain form of prayer. And so when these disciples could see that John taught his disciples to pray, Pray a certain type of prayer. They were also asking their Lord teachers to pray. Have you asked Jesus to teach you to pray? Or you just do whatever you want to say. You see, some people define prayer as talking to God. And so they do not make any attempt to follow what we may call today a model prayer. They say talking to God it means you can talk anyhow, it is prayer. I agree. You see, if a child is a child and that child is hungry, or if a baby is hungry, what does the baby do? Yeah, 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 they'll cry. And the the mother or the father understands that this baby needs something. You are either wet, or you are hungry, or you are hot, or you are cold. The parents try to figure out what is wrong, because they don't understand the baby's language. And they may find that the baby is wet or Hungry, they give you food and you stop. But if the baby keeps on crying, even after you've done this thing, then you know that something is wrong. Maybe some illness. The point I'm making is simple. Babies communicate with their parents, but their parents do not necessarily understand it. Well, God is not like that. God understands every language we speak. But let me go back to this baby example. After the baby is now 8, 10 years And the baby starts crying. You give him water, no. You remove the, you see the pant, it's not wet. And you wonder what is wrong with this baby? What is wrong? And the baby is not talking. He can't say anything to you. To say exactly what is wrong with this baby, you may begin to wonder, what is it? What I'm saying is this. Prayer is talking to God. And anything you say to your father, he hears you. But when you are growing up, you must learn to be specific. A child can go and say, mommy, food, 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 food. And when they give the food to the child, the child may not say thank you, because he doesn't understand. But when the child is grown, five, six, seven, eight, he must say, daddy or mommy, I need food. When you give it, if you want that child to be known as a child who has character, who has training, so say thank you. Say, thank you, mom. Thank you, daddy. Thank you, this. They must learn certain things. And that is what Jesus is His disciples are asking him, that is what we need to know about discipleship, that there are certain protocols, there are certain things we need to know because we are growing in the Lord. The disciples were watching Jesus. He was doing all of these things. Now they are saying, no, we as men, we as his followers, Lord, teach us to pray. And my question to you and I is this. You see people praying. You know what it is. They tell you it is conversation. Do you think there's a formula? Do you think there's a protocol? Have you moved beyond baby language? Give me, give me, do for me. Stand up, sit down, oh God, I bind. And ask God, and ask Christ, teach me to pray. Jesus was generous, so he taught them to pray. And that prayer that he taught them, we find it in Luke chapter 11, verses 2 to 4. We call it the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, whenever you pray, say this. Now, scholars are divided about what this means. Some think that, yes, it's a prayer that you and I can pray 30 seconds and finish, but they also see that it's a model. You can follow it topic by topic and expand it and see the hand of God and see the movement of God and cover the general things that God wants you to know. So, let's take it that it's a model prayer. Jesus can teach anyone to pray, anyone who really is sincere, he will teach you to pray. So he said, when you pray, say this, after this manner, say this, pray like this. He's giving us a model prayer upon which we are to base our praying. It is a guide, the points of which are to be prayed through. The believer is to develop the points as he prays step by step and follow a certain formula. When you say, let's see how he begins. The first one, where he says, when you pray, thank God. Thank God. Say to God, our Father. And what do you thank God? What do you thank God for? Thank God for being our Father. This is a personal relationship between you and your Father. It's a relationship of you knowing that God created you, God made you. It's a family relationship. You are born again, and so you are a member of the family of God, you are a child of God. See, my father, our father who art in heaven. Now, immediately you say our father, then you know you come from a big family. You have brothers, you have sisters, some are white, some are tall, some are Chinese, some are Indian, some are Ghanaians, some are Akans, some are Avish, some are in Australia. It's a big family. Thank God for giving you such a big family. You need to thank God for being for you need to thank God that He is your father. For creating you as a family. For graciously allowing you to be part of his family. And there are many, many members of this family. And you are not alone. Do you ever think you are alone? When you say, our father. Let that connect you. The God so big. That he can come down to your level. But also that you have brothers and sisters. Who are in your family. But he says, our father who is in heaven. That should focus you. On where your home is. Your home is not Accra. Your home is not Sunyani. Your home is not, it's not this world. Your home is not China. Your home is not India. Your home is not USA. Your home is not Germany. All these places may be nice, but that is not your home. Where your father is, that is where your home is. When you say, Where is your hometown? You are struggling to find where your hometown is because that is where your father says he comes from, or your mother says he comes from. When Jesus was about to be born, say, go to the home of your father. So, they travel from Nazareth to Bethlehem. But in this case, when we say, our Father who art in heaven, it is giving us our spiritual dimension. The spiritual heaven, the home, that is our real home, which is incorruptible, it is undefiled, it will never fade away. It is where God lives, where God stores the best of things for us. We need to thank God that he has created a place for us where thieves cannot go, where robbers cannot go in there, where sickness can never get there, where poverty will never get there, where corruption will never get there, where there will never be any injustice. Hallelujah. That should just cause you, just two words, our Father, who art in heaven, should cause you to be excited if you're thinking about it properly. Then, after you've thanked him for these two things, praise God. You are to praise him, secondly. Say, Hallowed be your name. That is his name is to be set apart differently. His name is different. His name is higher than any other name in this world. It's higher than any mountain, lower than any valley, wider than any breath you can think about, and wider than anything. God is holy. God is righteous, God is pure, He's loving, He's merciful, He's kind. He forgives us ways that we can never understand. This is the God. Who we praise we have to praise him and honor him our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name jesus is now saying request things make a request of god and this request should be prayed for only after we have thanked god and praised him we start by thanking god you thank by praising him now ask him make a request of god And look at the things that he's asking you to ask God for. Pray about God's kingdom. Pray for daily bread. Pray for forgiveness. And last but not the least, pray for deliverance. Those are the things you are praying for. Number one, why are you to pray for them? Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If God is your father... And Christ is your brother, and the Holy Spirit lives within here. What you have to pray for is that Christ needs to be enthroned in your life. His rule and his reign must be established in this earth. His will needs to be done in our lives, as it is done in heaven. In heaven, it is only God's will that is done. When Satan tried not to do God's will, he was cast down here on earth. He's here. And so when you are living in rebellion, when the nations are rebelling against your God, your father, when people are not following him, when things are going wrong, whether it is in the church or in the nation or in the community, in the place where you work, say, Lord, your kingdom come, your kingdom come, your righteousness come. Let injustice be gone. Let the disabled not be despised. Let women not be despised. Let children not be abused. Let the soldiers not abuse our people. Let your kingdom come. Let your rule, let your rule. Establish. that's the first one his will must be done in this world we need to pray for it to come that is important to god that's what christ taught us so maybe when he's going out every day he said father as i go out today wherever i am lord help me to establish your kingdom and let justice reign let people see that i am your child i'm your representative then he said when you are praying Pray for your daily bread and give us this day our daily bread. God knows you need the necessities of life. But he's also asking you to ask him. People are hungry. They are starving physically and spiritually. What we need is food. People need to be fed spiritually and physically. We need to pray for our bodies and our spirits to be fed on a daily basis. So you get up. Thank God that you've given me the opportunity to be alive. Father, as I go out, bless the work of my hand. Let all of us who are working in this nation, in this company, in this church, on this staff, in this nation, let us be fruitful, let us be productive. Bless the work of our hands. Let there be no laziness. Lord, let the rains come. Lord, let the exports go through. Can you imagine praying for your economy and working hard that it prospers? You see the difference. You see the plants. Some there was a video that was used to go around where people pray about the plants that they are planting in their garden, in the waters that the waters should bear and be fruitful. Pray because those are the places you are getting your daily bread from. God can make it happen in answer to prayer. Pray about it every day. We need to pray both for our bodies and our spirits daily. Then he says, pray for forgiveness. We should pray to God to forgive our sins. We need to take time in discussing this matter with God. The world belongs to God. It is our Father's world. But the world is full of sin. We are to ask God to forgive our sins. Now, not just your sin, our sins. We are part of a community. So we are asking for the sins of the family, the sins of our neighbors, the sins of our city, the sins of our politicians, the sins of our judges, the sins of our security forces, the sins of the world. Forgive us our trespasses. Forgive us. It is easy for you to remove yourself and say you are a holy saint, that you never sin, or just f- forgive your sin. Yeah, it is good to confess your sin and ask for forgiveness. But you know something? The sin of others affects you. When that person doesn't realize that when he's crossing you in traffic, he's causing you to sin, or he says it doesn't concern you. You find yourself sometimes crossing or sometimes insulting that person. If the politician doesn't do the right thing, if the doctor doesn't do the right thing, if the economist doesn't do the right thing, if the bank manager doesn't do the right thing, it affects all of us. And those sins, you must pray for their forgiveness. You see, Job did not go out with his children when they danced And they drank and did those, but he prayed for them. And the covering of the Lord was on them. That's how you can be far away and pray into the castle and pray to Jubilee House and pray into White House and pray into all kinds of places. Those were the things that Jesus possibly was doing. And the disciples were wondering, what is it that occupied him to pray about? It was not just a formula that he rattled. He was praying for the sins that he would carry away. And and you had to pray for the sins that still persist in this world. Instead of complaining, 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 take it to the Lord in prayer. Intercessory prayer for the world and for sinners is to be a daily event in the life of every believer. And the Lord expects us to do this. And that's why he was teaching his disciples. And they could now understand why he could go there every day and be praying. see, God is not talking about since that you have committed 20, 19, 10, 20,000 years ago, or five years ago, you've confessed them, going back to them over and over and over again, no. But there are things that you can see that are happening daily, and this can give you a prayer topic. For instance, we're in the rainy season, and some people are being flooded, some people are dying. Why? It is because of an engineer's indecision, a contractor's bad decision. It is because somebody has money and has built in the wrong place. It is because somebody has not done the right thing. Can you ask that God to forgive that person's sin and have mercy on those helpless people? Can you also pray that God's Spirit will convict people of sin and unrighteousness that they'll do the right thing? So it's not just asking you to keep on repeating your sins and confessing that I've done this, I've done this. Yes, when you've done that, it's carried through the cross, but sin exists every day. So forgive us our trespasses. And no, there's a condition for forgiveness. We must forgive those who sin against us. We sin, and we often sin against God. So if we expect him to forgive us, we have to forgive those who offend us. And there are many, many, many of us who sin against God on a daily basis. We want God to forgive us. Are we also willing to forgive others? And the fourth thing Jesus asks us to ask God is pray and ask God for deliverance. That prayer says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Oh, what is the meaning of that? Does God lead us into temptation? That bothers people. But you see, the Bible clearly teaches that God does not tempt anyone to do evil. What this request means simply is this. Pray for God to deliver us from temptation and from the evil one, Satan. Satan is always looking for someone to destroy and to devour. And he's looking left and right to devour. And you are praying to God, Lord, deliver me. Lord, let no temptation come my way that I cannot stand. When a temptation comes, let me see that it's a temptation, it's a trial, and get out of it. When it comes, let me pass it. Let me pass, let me be victorious. This is what the prayer is all about, that you know it's a warfare. We are engaged in warfare on a daily basis. So you are praying warfare prayer for your family, for your loved ones, for all of them, because you are asking your Father to help you to live for him. So Jesus Showed us clearly what he expected us to be praying about. What a prayer. What a way to teach us. Friends, does this help you to now think about how we can pray to God? That's our part. That's man's part in prayer. No clearer explanation of man's part in prayer could be given than what is taught here. It shows that we must seek the face of God daily. God will not leave his throne. He'll be there. God will not go away. He will not let us alone. He's intimately involved in what we are doing. But when we want to pray, we must be sincere. We must be fervent. We must be constant. We must be persistent, persevering, and seeking the will of God. And God will listen to us. And Jesus gave us this clear exhortation when his disciples ask him to pray. Let me ask you this week, will you be willing to follow a simple formula like this? We'll continue next week. When you want to pray, pray like this, a modern prayer. Thank God for being your father, our father. Do you see others as your family members? Do you love them? Pray for them, pray with them. Can you thank God that heaven is your home? If you do not think that heaven is your home, you are not sure about that. Can you say, Lord, today, I realize that I don't even know what is happening to me. If I were to die today, something were to happen, I don't know where I'm going, but Lord, I want heaven to be my home. Today, I give my life to you. Receive me as your child, as your son, as your daughter, and make me your child. Lord, I commit myself to you. Amen. If this is your prayer, we can help you to know how to walk with God, how to talk to God. How you can grow in discipleship and learn to pray this prayer and much more. Then pray God for his name. There's a prayer we teach our people about the names of God. We can even, we used to teach that. We can teach that. How the, the various names of God can be used as prayer points. Jehovah Jera, the Lord who provides. is the God who can provide all your needs. Jehovah Shammah, the God who is there. Jehovah Rufi, the Lord is your healer hallowed be his name. The names of God show the attributes of God. You can learn those things and use them to pray. You see, you know what people do when they want the politician to do something, when they want the chief to do something, then you call them their name, oh, nanao, oh, hino, kutunkunuku, oh, or so, They call all these names to make the kings, the pigs look big and they eventually give them what they want by flattering. This one, we are not flattering God. We cannot flatter him. But he has revealed in his word what he's able to do. And when you see your name be praised, you can call some of those names in prayer and exhort him. And you see your own spirit will be lifted up. And the four things that you have to request from him daily that his kingdom should come number one, two, pray for your daily bread, three, pray for forgiveness of your sins and the sins of your community. And the last, but not the least, pray. For your deliverance from evil. Jesus taught his disciples to pray. He's still looking for people who he will teach to pray, who will pray to glorify God, but who will also be intercessors as they wait for God to intervene in this world, in the affairs of the world. Instead of complaining about the coronas and the typhoid and the diseases and the corruption and the street accidents and the shooting and all of that, yes. Send them to the Lord in prayer and watch your Father. Watch the Holy Spirit answer prayer and you will know you serve a living God. Let us pray. Lord, teach us to pray. Pray about the things that concern you and in all these things may we pray sincerely knowing that you are prayer answering God. Teach us, lead us, guide us and make us willing to follow you step by step now and forevermore. Amen.
0: This has been the radio broadcast by Calvary Baptist Church with Rev. Dr. Fred Digney, our Senior Pastor. We hope this message blessed you. Be sure to join us, God willing, next week, the same time and station. We are in Adabaka, opposite Mr. Big's restaurant, near the Nkrumah Interchange. Also in Shiashi, across the motorway from the Accra Mall and Botiano. Call us on 0243-690-485 or 0302-231-854. Contact us on WhatsApp That's 0200-181-680. Visit us online at www.calvibaptistgh.org. Write to us, Calvary Baptist Ghana, at yahoo.com